It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing 10 years. So Alan Wood, I was reading the match report here. Johnny Doyle is in studio with Alan Brogan. Alan Wood took on Kill in the Kildare Intermediate Championship and Johnny Doyle was front and centre. 0-7, or three points from play in a 1-15 to 8-point victory. And here's me bragging about playing Masters at 41. And Johnny, you're still doing it for your club at 41. I didn't even get a trial for Kildare Masters. Which is <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even look at me that. Um, yeah, and no, I'm still t- t- kicking away for the club. Um, someone said to me last week how are you still manage I said I have three small kids so it's grand to get out to the pitch and do a bit so still trying to plug away there yeah yeah so that's it so like I mean in 22 years um, you haven't missed a championship game for Allenwood and you never missed a championship game for Kildare now that's freaky I don't care what anyone says I nearly fell off my chair when I read yeah. that for a man <laughs> like me who's been riddled with hamstring injuries yeah and I'd love to tell you that's because I mind the body and you know eat all the right stuff and uh, that's what I was thinking of as I put down my, my uh, McDonald's meal <laughs> but uh, no there's a bit there's a bit of freaky there's a little bit of, I suppose at times it was a little bit of mind over matter in, in you know you were going out to, and it was um, the championship match you said look at sure you know, coming toward the end of the year, and you'll strap yourself up, or you'll you'll you know you get on with it. And you know, I I off, often think that players maybe you disagree with me, but adrenaline is a huge thing. You know, when you're in the zone and you're you're mad for a ball, you don't really. No, look, I didn't have any serious injuries that would have stopped me. Uh, but there would have been times maybe you're. The leg was a bit dead, or there was there was little you know strains, or groin to be a bit tight, or something like that. But you tend to just get on with it and. Yeah, I, don't know, so. I got to 2012 without missing a championship match for Dublin. Uh, I think I missed the leash. Did we play leash in the quarter final in 2012? Yeah, I think was that, that was the first. Was one that I the time so. you collided with the post and hurt your back? 
Did you score a goal no. against Loud, was no, it? No, that was 03. No, I didn't miss anything with Did that. Did you not miss anything with that? No, no. Just, you got a good run of it then yeah. as well. It's very yeah. lucky, lads. Because, yeah. like, I mean, you talked to Paul Flynn here yesterday and just know from my own career, I miss loads of Leinster finals with hamstring injuries. And I do take your point, uh, Johnny, that adrenaline, I can't understand how anyone would miss a match with a dead leg. Because yeah. that's just pain. Like, go yeah. out there and you, you'll get over that. But with hamstring muscle injuries, we well, are lucky you didn't get any of them because adrenaline won't get you over no, them. You just no. can't play when you have muscle injuries. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I felt that, that you know I was just lucky, and sometimes you'd be thinking about you know obviously there's something maybe in the genes you know my dad played for the club for well into his forties um, you know and that was probably something in the genes and then you know at the start of my career like both club and counties with very little weight you'd wonder is all his weight training is it putting extra pressure on it I don't know that's yeah. just maybe something that's going on in I my head I think our games both our games were probably based a lot on evasion too we didn't we didn't look for the big hits. Maybe Johnny a little bit more than I did, but I tried this to stay. I got to be in the, he, was got in, the, he was in the thick of it. Well, you see, you were faster. You were fast as well. No, not as fast as that lad. But I tried to stay away from collisions, and I think that was a big part. And as well, I think, and like it applies to modern day players too. If you want longevity in the game, I think to play every year from the start of January to August or September, if you're lucky enough to do that for ten years, is is like is a long stint. You're going to pick up injuries at that, particularly with the weights now. So I think lads that are looking. Like I miss lots of leagues, not lots of leagues, but towards the latter end of my career, I missed three or four or five the start of league campaigns. So I think that ultimately helped yeah. along my career as well because um, you see we can't really do that anymore. See, I remember all the years where the big thing was like the likes of Daryl Shea. You'd all see them filtering in towards the last two or three games of the league, but you don't really see it, especially with Dublin. You just can't do it. Like I mean, it's impossible. And I think even in in Kerry and the big counties, you're going to lose your position in these counties if like that day is gone. Really, yeah. And I suppose maybe the structure, the fact the structure of the championship has changed as well. Like you know, I would have been of the same opinion. You know, you see lads filtering in, and you say, well, look at you know. Maybe Kerry or Dublin, they know they're going to stay where they are in the league, you know, and next to they're getting ready for the championship. In Calair, for us, the league was very important because, you know, you were building, you were, for me, and he was trying to hold a position, and you were building at a different, you were trying to build something different to bring that momentum from a league into a championship because maybe you didn't have that, um, I suppose, tradition of, of that maybe the Dublins and the Kerrys had. Where I always wanted to, I wanted to play in the Bourne Cup, you know, because I wanted to nail down my position and make sure the manager knew that I was very committed. And you know, so it can change for it depending on, on where you're coming from. I think yeah, it and it depends if you got a new manager, then you have to start your Bourne Cup. Fresh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to impress him. But then if you if you've had a great championship season, you're like, well, I'm in here. I'll take it easy to start of next year. Maybe that was just my attitude. I don't know. Um, so come here, the Leinster Championship is kicking off um, this weekend. So I don't know how you feel about the Leinster Championship. Like, I mean, Alan, you're one side of it where you win it every year and you've got them coming out of your bloody drawer at home. I don't know where you keep them all. How many have you got? 10, 11? 10 or 11 maybe, yeah. 10 but or look, 11. It, it's, it's, like, my view on it is, is, like, there's a few games to be played before anyone plays Dublin. Obviously, teams are going to be, it's going to be tough for anyone to beat Dublin. But I think the likes of Kildare and Mead should certainly be targeting Leinster finals and having a good go at Dublin. I think both teams, when they have their they have their full side out and if they're drilled properly and they have that bit of self-belief we'll have a chance and I think if 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 like looking at Dublin now the time if a Kildare Mead is going to catch them it's earlier on in the year is the best time to do it and um, um, like I certainly think I wouldn't like it's going to happen at some stage Dublin are going to be better in a Leinster Championship game 
Yeah, it's going to it's going to happen at some stage, but it doesn't look on the horizon though, Johnny. Like, I mean, let's be honest. I think Kildare are best equipped, but with their injuries, we'll talk about that in part two. Um, two years ago, they performed well and still lost by nine points. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was looking at the Leinster Championship, and in my head, Dublin have been just dominating it for a long time, but they haven't really. It's been very uncompetitive since Jim Gavin took over. Yeah. But like, I mean, you won five in a row there, Alan, from oh seven to. Was it oh five to oh nine? Ten, yeah. Mead Beachy in ten, but oh five to oh nine. They were hard. They were hard enough. Yeah. One, they weren't gimmies. And then in eleven, you nearly beat them in a semi final. So yeah. you were only you only started getting it easy. I'd say, Alan, when Jim Gavin took over in thirteen, then they started flowing, and which is probably six now. So you know, I yeah, don't like know. I, like in pillars there. We played with a couple of with a couple of big games against Leash. Like you were looking at, they were really competitive games. Full houses in Crow Park are yeah. sixty thousand, sixty five thousand, if not close to a full house. Kildare in oh nine was nip and tuck. Kildare in mm-hmm. two thousand eleven was only the free at the end. Apparently, mm-hmm. got like that was like there was nothing in that game. Yeah, um, and I actually watched watched some clips of both games yesterday. Like and and, and like the football was excellent. I think if you look at the Kildare team now, some of the some of the stars, like the Johnny that they had, then even the, like the, the like said, you know, Callahan, Callahan stuff. Like the, the, the Calair had some brilliant footballers that maybe they just maybe they just don't have the same quality now. Yeah, and that wasn't really seen as a golden generation for you, Johnny, was it? That was McGeaney. McGeaney gets maligned a little bit for his time at Calair, but when you look at that, like he should have beaten Dublin twice. Now that was in the Pat Gilroy era, where mm-hmm. maybe Dublin were trying to find an identity for themselves. But you were well able, and you you, you should have beaten them in, or could have drawn with them in eleven, lost by a point, and that was a very dubious free. And they won the All Ireland that year. Yeah, you know? yeah, we 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 didn't probably you know, and maybe every team sees it. Probably didn't have the bit of luck, um, you know. You can like argue all day what it was or wasn't a free. You ask Andrew McLaughlin and he'd swear in his life that he didn't touch him. But <laughs> you know, so which you'd expect. Um, but we were we were competing, and, we, and I suppose for the first time in a good few years, for me personally, I th- we actually believed that we could really do something. I mean, you know, we were very unlucky in, in eleven against. I, I think at eleven was the, the pinnacle of of us under Kieran, right? Um, because we went against Donegal and again very very unlucky Tomás Connor got a goal came off the upright and you know square ball um, and then went extra time we should have went four points up in extra time and then you know Kevin Cassidy kicks that mm-hmm. monster that he probably he mightn't like yeah. to say and he probably hasn't kicked too many before or since so we probably didn't get a bit of luck but we were certainly <clears throat> we were certainly competing at that stage and we firmly believe we got to a semi-final in 10 but I think 11 and we probably regressed a little bit in 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 twelve, um, you know, just didn't. There was a lot, we were we'd won an under twenty one. There was a lot of that team that Daniel Flynn's, Paul Cribbins, uh, Tommy Mulex, this were coming on. It was sort of a little bit of a rebuilding in twelve and thirteen, and then, you know, Kieran was gone then. So yeah, he yeah, lost by what? It's hard. It's hard to keep it going if you don't get the break. Like if like if Clare had won a Leinster championship or even won one of those big games, it could have made a huge difference to the to the self belief in the squad. And there's no doubt. Like that's what Kieran McGinney brought was like you look at the soccer last night the last two nights and that's those those two wins just purely based on self belief and that's that's what Kieran brings to the table. Yeah. Um and like if Kildare had beaten us in oh nine or two thousand eleven like the whole the whole landscape could have been a lot different than what it is now. It was eighteen points from play in oh nine you got. It was two fifteen to eighteen points. That was a Leinster final. I remember being at that. Yeah. And like a, I mean And that was after we 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 gave away 
um, a really bad poor goal Barry Cahill remember yeah, Barry Cahill yeah. uh, he just waltzed just kept waltz, waltz early doors yeah. yeah and stuck it in the in the corners yeah, we went six day. up I think we went one three up that's one right yeah. nothing up like that was a soft goal. well it was a good finish by Barry yeah. but he got through very easy very yeah. easy yeah and then, and then I think the second goal came in over the top and Emma Bolton or Jason Charlotte was just in behind Emma yeah. Bolton and just landing his chest turning and very you know, great finish Dublin yeah. getting goals in Croke Park they really destroy you don't they like I mean oh, it's just you. and you must think like I, I'm sure your team talks are like let's get a goal I remember playing against Gene the Leinster final in 07 and we were doing really well up until 20 minutes I think we went four up and then you got two goals just before half time and I remember when the first goal went in because there was 80,000 there the noise in the stadium my brain started to scramble like well, I was my, my natural feeling was to go ah yeah. But like I had to fight against that And then you had Maybe Paul Casey la- Kind of jeering at you And then You're looking around At your teammates And it's like Everything's just Kind of And then you got A goal two minutes later And it's like We hadn't yeah. Kind of got our minds yeah. Back right at all That goal Joe got In 2009 like We went 1-3 up in that Kildare got back to eight points to one three. Like I think he got eight on the trot, and we mm. were under serious pressure. And I remember I kicked the ball into Jo, and I actually remember today I kind of kicked it. There was nothing on. It was a little bit out of frustration, and I just said I just launched one in here, and it landed perfectly for him, and he got us. It was a good finish by Jo. In fairness, he, we never he recovered him. We we put a massive effort into to, you know to going ahead, and all of a sudden against the run of play, as you said, it was another ball, and the place nowhere, was. Yeah. Did you yeah. find when the places happen uh, that yeah. you're, it's hard to keep your concentration? You can see why teams when Dublin get a goal on you, how they might get two quick points in. You know, yeah. I suppose you play any team in Crow Park and play Dublin in Crow, in Crow Park, and without getting into the dubs you know, yeah, in the yeah. Crow Park debate that's going on seems to forever, but it, it's different. And what is different? What it is, I'm not sure. But there's just this. It's only like a swell of emotion. Yeah. The whole place, and you're thinking, Jesus, you know, we're we're under pressure here now, and yeah. you know, and the chant is coming from the hill, and you know, it's they just it, it's just different. Well, if you look it's, at that the way we play Kildare back then, when when you would have brought a huge crowd, which is a match like that, I and mean, Kildare getting yeah. top, like yeah, yeah it's the same thing. No, yeah. it works both ways. It it's does, just yeah. you, the roar from your fans, and I genuinely believe this, and this is what I said to Paul Flynn yesterday when Dublin play Mayo. Mayo match Dublin with the crowd as well as on the field you know so I think it makes a big difference because you get a score you get a huge cheer and it's the effect it has on you and effect the moralising effect it has on the other team yeah and, and like whether we like it or not and, and, and everyone is, is different and everyone you know you talk about mental strain I'm often kicked kick freezing and I have my, everything going on in my own head but when you're kicking into the hill against Dublin all that's going through your head is don't miss <laughs> don't, you know, just don't miss because you're going to you know well that you're going to hear about it and, and it's, it's just different yeah. um, you say you try to keep keep the routine the same your number of steps back and you know what's going on in your head and uh, yeah. Yeah. against Dublin <laughs> it's a different a different kind I'm of sure at this stage with the whole performance psychology and stuff managers playing against Dublin are, are, are when they're coming into Crow Park they prepare their teams for that I'm not sure but I'm sure they oh, they have to like I'm sure it's spoken about to. in the lead we, up to we, matches we didn't speak about that in 07 I remember because I didn't play in 03 when we played Dublin we hadn't I hadn't been on the field since then so I hadn't experienced that cheer and that kind of emotion of just the whole place just losing their minds all in the stands and you, you know you're on the field and you, natural thing we're just looking around at each other and wondering what right okay now get back down to business I wasn't mentally prepared for that I was trying to figure this out in my head on the field you know yeah, what I mean the whole psychology thing has probably moved on a bit from them so I'd say that sort of detail is covered a bit I'd more in so. depth now with, with, with performance psychologists or whatever but it'd be interesting to know teams that have played against Dublin how they do prepare for that? It's uh, that it's that whole thing, and that well, like, I suppose that it's that whole thing when 
you can see the goal go down injured or something but yeah. then that can be hard because you can't communicate with each other obviously in, in a pack crow park that's, yeah, that's and, gone and normally these conversations you know they happen after the game it's like, it's like this, oh, why didn't you pull him down so if I knew he was going to stick in the back of the net, <laughs> I would have pulled him down but you know you, you know so like we've done, done, uh, done in the early days when we were 2011, 2012 I can't remember what year but the whole visualisation around coming out onto the field the anthem playing walking around the pitch for the parade and stuff how you prepare for that remember Tommy Lyons used to say just put your eyes on the crest in the back of the jersey and focus on that now look, no looking up into the crowd really because yeah, I used to like looking into the crowd a little bit that was kind of I don't know I just like to have it get my bearings around and yeah. get that out of my system rather than do it during the match do you know I used to use the parade just yeah, to no, kind of relax it's a bit military to stare at someone's back as yeah. you know, as, as um, I suppose it's nice to enjoy those moments as well I think you do have to enjoy those moments but then there was 2011 That obviously that was the big Andrew McLaughlin Bernard Brogan thing and like you said that was kind of the peak Kildare under McGinney and he, he was gone after, after that one but then like I mean I suppose it, I think it was 2012 then did Wexford get close to Dublin Allen and then he started taking off and now like the point I'm trying to make is a lot of people are talking about championship restructures and tier twos and everything and for me the big problem is the Leinster Championship and the Munster Championship and Connacht is decent and then again in Connacht you still have maybe two or three Division 1 teams playing Division 4, four teams so it is skewed like my whole idea is just keep the provinces because you'll never get rid of these provincial championships because the provincial councils hold too much power yeah. and they'll never get rid of them so why don't, keep, why don't we keep them but pull them out and have them as standalone prestigious cup competitions and promote them but then start your All-Ireland from scratch then at a, f- a fairer All-Ireland level Do you know that seems to be the the fair solution to this because the pr- provinces are what feeds into the inequality and the kind of one-sided games we'll go through the games later on in part two they're all easy predictions lads do you know what I mean because it's one it's a strong team against a weaker team yeah, yeah and, and look like with all due respect to the teams that are playing this weekend, like there's no hype around the around the start of the football championship no. at all. Like, and that's that that that's a sign of what's happened. I completely agree with you. Like, I think there should be a there should be a tier championship, and the like the Dublin Club Championship has gone out to A and B Championship. They split it two years ago, and um, it hasn't worked out well for and um, for my own club in the last couple of years. But but it's made for a for a more competitive competition. Like there was yeah big victories. Three four years ago, too many. Well, you had thirty two. You thirty two senior yeah, teams, but like, teams, but a club level is the perfect example. You're at intermediate level. Yeah. Do you complain that you're not at senior level? No, you're at intermediate level, and you have to get to senior level. Like the 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 blueprint is there at club. They just won't copy it's it. It's actually it's actually more enjoyable because we went. We were we had a good teams sort of late nineties and into the mid two thousands. You know, playing three county finals one one for you know a small village was was, yeah. was good. You won going. Leinster too, didn't you? No, we're beating, beating, beating in Leinster. Leinster. I think he won the final that year in 04. Screen beat us in a. He beat Screen oh, we in the final. Screen in 04, yeah. yeah. Um, but I suppose then we went for a real. Every every year was just whole our status, whole our senior status, whole. And, and eventually in, in 2017, we were relegated. And it was. Now we're back playing intermediate. But it's. 
it's more enjoyable because we, we really to win something. Yeah, we realistically are in the top four or five intermediate teams, you know, or you like to think we are anyway. Um, and there's an opportunity. And if I, do I get more enjoyment if it was a senior championship? Not really, oh. because you're still there, a group of lads striving yeah. to, to win at the level you're, you're, you just happen to be at at the time. Would I like to win that and go on and be competitive at the next level? Of course you would. But you have to you have to crawl before you walk, you know. Yeah. I saw Terry Highland talking about a two tier championship and he says, I've an issue when they talk about a two tier championship because if we get rid of it, we don't call it an all Ireland anymore. And that's bullshit too, because an intermediate county title is a county title. It's that that level. Who's to say that a Division Two All Ireland title? It's an All Ireland title. There's only two All Irelands to win. There's Division One All Ireland and Division Two All Ireland, and you've won an All Ireland. Like a, a junior county title is a county title. You know what I mean? You don't call that something different than the senior just because you know it's at a lower level. Yeah, it's I, still th- I think it's the, the whole prestige around it, the, the the coverage it gets in the in the media. Like we can still. And without being disrespectful to anyone, I'll use Kildare as never. We can still we'll go and look at Kildare on, on TV. And if they're playing in the second tier championship, will they get the same exposure? Probably not. And I think that's a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, like we look at Patrick's Day and we look at the, the top two, you know, we watch Cora Finn. But could you name who won the intermediate? Probably not, like, even though it's still an All Ireland club title at intermediate level. Um, and unless it's someone from your own county or some county player is playing with them, we probably don't remember who, who won it. So it doesn't get the same prestige. And I think that's a lot of the, the, a lot of the issue. Yeah. So if they're committed to, committed to saying, well, look, we're going to, there's tier one and tier two, and we're going to show the same amount of matches. Because if, if, Calais were playing Longford and we'd all sit down and watch it or if Calais, you know whatever yeah. teams were playing because it's a, it's a game of football and we want to see who's playing and I think that's the big issue Yeah and is that a big issue do you think for supporters or players because do players I saw Kieran Dealy was tweeting now he was tweeting after the Galway game the London manager who probably picked a, a bad time to be tweeting about this because they almost beat a, like an All-Ireland contender arguably but he's he's a big advocate of a B championship um, now they performed well against Galway but in general they, they you know they, they lose or whatever but he was saying that uh, he tweeted he says am I missing something here have we all gone mad that showing clips on the Sunday game has become more important than a chance to win games we need viable games and more of them so like I mean he's talking about hearing some manager talking about getting no TV coverage or whatever I don't remember any panel I was ever on, Alan, talking about TV coverage. Like, no, I remember no. talking about, like, it, when it came, it was great. Or if you heard that the game's on telly, there'd be an extra buzz around the squad. Like, you mightn't talk about it too much, but I think that's, even I'll go to you, Johnny, because you, you were talking about it. I think it's a more supporter thing rather than actual player thing, would yeah, it be? Yeah, it is, but it's, it's also, it, it's, it's, it's the brand. I mean, you know, when when I suppose the GA bug really hit me, I was around eight, nine, ten years of age when I really got into it. And you know, at that stage, I don't think they even showed provincial finals on the telly. It was just all Ireland semi-finals and finals. And the big team at the time were were Cork and Mead. Or you're talking about eighty-seven, eighty-eight time. And I fell in love with Larry Tompkins because I saw him on the telly. And a lot of the reasons I was kicking freeze in the garden was because Larry Tompkins was Kildare yeah. and and he was the free taker and he was he we could watch him on telly. Now at that time asked me a Kildare player and I probably would have struggled. And I think that's some yeah, of the that's reason. A good point, yeah. You know, that we like we want to emulate and we want the brown you want to go down to and see young uh, kids in leash wearing the leash jersey and saying, you know, I want to be Donny Kingston and I want to be you know, and if you know, we see them a, a lot around Kildare and, you know, especially if, if around Manuse and, and Celebrities and they're in Dublin jerseys, you know, young lads. Now they're gonna play with the local clubs and, and it's yeah. no harm maybe but I prefer if they were well, have Kildare band, heroes. You can't join Kildare yeah. Club if you wear 
a Dublin jersey socially. <laughs> that, happens that's a big thing as well. that happens in Mead as well. It it's does, yeah, yeah. Now, people get very upset, but I don't as much because if, <laughs> if a young lad's going to emulate Kieran Kilkenny and play with Celtic okay, to go yeah, on and play with yeah. Kildare, that's fine by me. Wear what you want. Wear what you want, exactly. But, like, I mean, that's it. So that is a good point, Alan, because how can you, like, obviously have heroes from your own county if you don't see them? Now, you could say you can go to the games, but I do take Johnny's point. I think the GF, they're serious about a tier two. Obviously, it will say, okay, RT and Sky, you're our primary uh, media partners. You can have your pick of the Division One games, but we're going to sell these to Air, Virgin, and uh, TG Cahar, and the tier two is on the television as well. I think that's a solution because there is that fear that the second 16 is just going to be forgotten about. I don't know. I think there'd be loads of interest in it. Like I think people want to see competitive games. Like what's like? What's but if it's not on telly, though, that's the problem. Like, you know, they just need to sell it better. Yeah, but that's a, like that's a matter for the GA, and I'm sure if they if they all get in a room together, they can come up with a solution for that, and they can make it part of the make a part of the rights for the for the tier A games that you have to show the tier B games. There's loads of yeah. There's loads of ways around that. Um, I think a lot of it to do for for managers or players or, or supporters that are against it is around the history of the whole Sam Maguire thing and stuff like. And I think. If 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 they implemented the B Championship now and we look back in ten years' time, I don't, I, 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 when there's a bit of history behind the B yeah. Championship, I think teams are, and it's a bit like the intermediate thing. Like when you see a team win an intermediate championship or an intermediate All Ireland, sure it means the world to them. Oh yeah, it's so an All Ireland. It's an All Ireland. Like it's it's just a big sea change. It's going to yeah. be a big sea change the year it's implemented. But I think once we get over the first year of it, I think I think it'll be. It, be an absolute no-brainer and it, like it has to come there's yeah. no doubt about it and I don't I, but actually I know we're calling it B here but I don't think we should even call it a B because there's a stigma around being on the B team whereas if it's a Division 2, division well, two you don't division. mind being in Division yeah. 2 but you don't want to be on the B team <laughs> like, yeah. I, even small things like yeah. that like, and, and it has to be called an All-Ireland because calling it a Tommy Murphy Cup like that's no disrespect to Tommy Murphy but that's it's just like what's that you know yeah. it has to be an All-Ireland sure. like, you did, have to call did, it an All-Ireland they did the, something similar with the Premiership it was Division 1 Division 2 and now the Premiership and, it was the and, the, pre- championship. Yeah, and the Championship yeah. you know so it's there, there, look there's loads of ways there's loads of ways around it but I, I still think that the whole prestige and you know even even and again use any kind of, but even for for you know Leitrim people to go to a con- and come back and maybe you know, looking forward to the Sunday game and watch, seeing the team and maybe have recorded on the table watch it again in the Monday evening that builds the whole thing around Leitrim yeah. you know and, or whatever the county is and that, that was our experience I mean even when Kildare were really going well back in 98 and you know you'd be tearing out of Dublin to get back for a Sunday game and, and then you'd watch it you know it'd be watching again and how the Martin Lynch player was just then Ryan that was brilliant and that was all part of what we wanted as young lads wanted to achieve and wanted to be part of that Yeah, you know I remember you'd be coming back and you'd be back for the Sunday game you'd be out drinking back in those days you'd be in the pub but it'd be on in the pub and then everyone yeah, exactly. the leash part is on like I mean it used to be, the whole pub would shush up just to hear what, what kind of clip we were getting on so I suppose it is important and the Sunday game is a poison chalice because like I mean if they have 16 games to show in two hours and then it's hurling as well, yeah. it's yeah. impossible for yeah. them like they've got an impossible job to keep people happy but even even, even a simple thing like you know to show the game, if we even was deferred by a few hours or to show to show a championship game on a Wednesday evening or something like that you'd sit down and you'd be flicking through I don't flick through the channel nothing on the telly yeah. and, and you might 
might see something on, on TG Carroll. Oh, yeah, who's playing? It could be a, a junior game somewhere, or you know. But you'll watch it. Yeah. You have an interest in the game. There's just not enough on. There's not loads of opportunity for midweek shows and stuff yeah. in the GA. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the way they sell the highlights rights, which I have a huge problem with as well. Poor RTE. I don't often say that. Poor RTE, but they've only got highlights rights for Sunday night. Imagine yeah. that. So even if they wanted to do a Monday game where they could do hurling that night and only football Saturday night and alternate them. They don't have the rights for the Monday. Isn't yeah. that bizarre? Like, what kind of a deal is that? Like, and how would they stand for it? And like, you, could, anyways, you could understand. Like, sometimes you'll hear the, you'll hear the debate about the, you know it's all about bums on seats, and if you know if the show Leash and Claire will it'll affect the crowd. But showing that the night after is yeah. not going to affect the crowd. No, you know? no, no. It's, it's just going to add to yeah, the promotion of, of course, it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it. What do you think of Paul Flynn's recent comments, lads, about the semi-professional game? So he's quoted as saying, "The amateuritis of the GA is important, and it's important to our members." However, at the same time, when we ask our members we're constant, and we constantly survey them on issues, semi-professionalism is something that they would be interested in. There's an important distinction between that and full-time professionalism. Um, like, I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. So professionalism is not going to happen. You're not going to have your day job as that. But like semi-professionalism um, could be a situation where at the end of the year you're given some money from the gate receipts that you're directly responsible for. It doesn't change anything about the game. You know, the ethos, you have a job, you go... It, every, nothing changes, only a player gets a handshake at the end of the year and says, here's 5,000 for a holiday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As a reward, because we know only the big teams get holidays. So my point on this is, is that everybody gives out about professionalism in monetary terms. But when you hear supporters talk about, oh, well, they have a great professional setup. Or the players are getting up at 6am in the morning and then they're, they're spending 35 hours outside of their job a week on it. So they, they, none, nobody cares about that professionalism, the preparation professionalism. But the minute you mention a few quid at the end of the year, it's like, that's, that's professional. You can't have it both ways. The game's gone so far now. What, what do you think, Alan? Yeah, like the, uh, um, it's a brave statement from Paul and it the was. GPA because it's, it's the first real time and there's certainly not, there's no hiding behind it. Um, <laughs> look, like when I look back what I play players are now making decisions to to defer going to work staying in college longer like I, I started accountancy exams after we finished our degree in finance well, I did three exams and then I said oh, this is going to interfere with me football and I packed it in so that sort of stuff is happening now no one hears about that but then guys hit 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 30 or 32 or, and they're starting families having to get mortgage and stuff and they're behind the curve a little bit compared to maybe guys they went to college with that, that, that kind of went into work so it is affecting lads later on in their life now some lads do okay but you can be sure it's affecting lads later on in life and they have to go to work and they have to get mortgages and stuff but I think like I think a way around and the GPA um, approached it a few years ago was around around tax credits um, um, at the end of the year or whatever so if you're included in a, in a championship panel or a or a or or a league panel or whatever you get a certain amount of tax credits back at the end of the year and at least you're getting something back that as a bit of a reward for, 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 for giving your time Yeah, that's from the government that's the same as the grants football. pretty much you know yeah, but like the, 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 the like idea that the GEA would give give players money seems to be a complete no-no yeah, I suppose it's 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 easy to say. And look, at we all played the game. And if someone handed you a five hundred euro at the end of the year or five thousand, you take arm and off. You know, we're all human. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it, you know, it's it's very easy to say that. But if you have to play, you, you know, you've you've a panel. Most panels now are, are thirty five. You know, and you were to give every player anyway. You know, what's the what's the figures around that? Where does it fit in? I don't know the answer to, to those questions. And it sound it sounds lovely. Um, 
you know, but it has to it has to be viable. Um, and and maybe you'll tell me it is. I'm not sure, but I certainly think you know from from as, as Alan did and as, as alluded to as well. And, and I think this is where the GPA really, really do well is is a support for for the the player. And you know, a lot of players avail of it. I know I didn't, um, and it probably was only it was only getting in its infancy when when I. But if a job got in the way of my football, I got rid of the job. Well, that's that was, the way that's it, was. it. That's the you reality. Know, and, and and that's it. And look, at it, it ended up, and I it ended up that it it, is, it worked out. I'm 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 you know I'm employed now and I'm living at home. You're working for the GPA. I'm working for the GPA yeah, exactly. And and but. You know, and it has worked out, but okay, easily went, easily went yeah. barely up, very easy. Yeah. You, know, you know, and and you make you make great contacts in the G, and that that also helps. But you do really need your head screwed on to be able to to balance. You know, everything that you can look after your football career and look after your professional career, and that's where some lads struggle. Um, the semi-professionalism, I, I'm not so sure. I I would love a case where do you know what anyone that played in the championship that there was or there was even a team holiday that you didn't have to go out and and sell photos if you were lucky enough to win or do a box mm-hmm. into a boxing ring or yeah. whatever. Now that can that can add to team morale and all that sort of thing as well. But to just to say, look at the end of the year, you know, head away, we're going on a group holiday. Look, some of the, we went away um, a couple of times and we did our. The best thing we ever did in yeah. life, you know, even something like that, players are huge, get huge benefit of. Yeah, for know? every for every county, I suppose it's it's it's. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's a pretty easy fix. Like, I mean, players get expenses every month, anyways. Like, I mean, but they're travelling expenses that they deserve. But at the same time, at the end of the year, I think that if it's gone to thirty five hours outside of your job, Alan, and I, I agree, I was in a finance job for seven years that I hated, and I didn't have motivation to get out of it until I finished playing and I actually sat down and went Jesus I don't have that distraction anymore so will I change it or will I just go drinking but, every night <laughs> like well, sure, there's loads of lads in that situation that don't want to change jobs because they think oh, if I go to a new job I have to prove myself work a bit harder and it might affect me football so yeah. now I'll just stay where I am because you can't lads. stay late in a job really no, as an no. intercounty player you, you have to be out the door at five and you have to have a boss that understands that Johnny Glynn's boss in America is allowing him to come home to Ireland <laughs> like yeah. you, if your boss another big thing is your boss isn't GA person you might have to change jobs as well yeah no and if you go into the big accounts firms or you're a guard or whatever and those days are gone when a guard can say I have to go train lads will someone cover for me like so it's 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 it puts a lot of stress and strain on fellas so um, I think it does have to be looked at because it's a different world now than what we lived in even 10 years ago or 20 years ago yeah um, and it is going to affect lads later on and later on in life when they when they finish playing they don't realise and now there's lads I know lads I won't mention any names lads who qualified teachers have went into jobs left the job because it was affecting now sub teaching just to get a bit of cash to keep himself going at 26, 27, 28 years of age yeah. like and it's not like it's not right in the long run because it will come back and no. it, it shortens your playing career as well you know because it's just like uh, I always found that we were very lucky in Kildare because even, you know we were close to Dublin you know an hour nearly have you back the train but you'd often think of lads coming from Donegal and going to Kerry to work and like it's massive I used to complain about the traffic on the M50 going yeah. Castle Lock to Ballymun like and well, then I, I actually the lads Col- going to Donegal yeah, Colin Cleaney told me he's a pundit on the hurling show and he was like well I come from Ballyboden to to the north side and on that M50, like I'm not far off what you would be down to Port Leash. So you always think the Dublin lads have no commute, but like I mean, it's not all, you know. I know when you hear lads going to Donegal and back to Galway. Well, the Mayo one is the big the one, Mayo, yeah. yeah like the Mayo, the Mayo have so many lads in Dublin, and that that is that is a big problem. But anyway, so I think we're all listen. Sure, we're ex 
intercounty players will take the, the semi profession. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not a debate the, here. Once, this. The, once the back tax it, we, yeah. we get some. <laughs> <laughs> they can put it back. What else did I want to talk about? Here's Liam Kearns. He's talking and he's usually good copy. And he said that we probably play too much football. We're probably too honest if we're going to have to address. Um, we're probably too honest and we're going to have to address that. We've suffered for it over the last number of years. We keep playing. We don't resort to cynical tactics. And we all played across the era, lads, when the game changed. And I'm not afraid to say Armagh changed it. Tyrone were very quick to copy them. I remember talking in leash training amongst each other going, lads, why are we, wh- why are we not blocking their runs the way we're, they're blocking us? Why can't we be like them? Why can't we be cynical? Or when they fall on the ground, let's us drop down the knee on top of them. They're doing it to us. You know, I'm sure you had these same conversations, but I'm surprised Liam Cairns is, is having that conversation in 2019 because I wonder what cynical play is now because the blocking runs has to be gone. The dropping the knee, you see at the odd time, all right, that players would. I wonder what, what are the... T- what are they telling each other to do now, Alan? Yeah, that's not like dropping a knee into someone isn't something I'd say that's disgusting and dressing him as being cynical. Stuff like slowing down freeze and stepping across freeze, that sort of stuff I think yeah. is, is what and that's part and parcel in GA, it's part and parcel. I saw loads of it in the soccer matches over the last two nights where somebody steps across a free to stop being taken quickly. Um and and like I'd be surprised, like a manager or a team that wants to succeed at inter county level has to have some some it's not dirty, it's like there's a difference between being dirty and being and being cynical. Um, yeah, it's called streetwise. It's streetwise. It's, 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 you have to. You have to do it. the best teams do it, and if you don't, you be. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you find yourself as being a bit naive? I kind of have a memory of us in Kildare being maybe a bit too naive. You, we were a lot more naive than you were. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I th- actually think I've never been in in a dressing room where where lads would tell you to you know all right certain lads would be good at it, and I think it was yeah. more down to the individual. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, unsaid for, though. It's unsaid. Yeah, it is unsaid. Oh, it's unsaid by the manager. Yeah. I would say yeah. he doesn't want to get his hands dirty with that, but Absolutely. he wouldn't discourage it. If no, if, well, I mean if if. Uh, Look, if it felt that the ball was there and, and you know you 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 weren't going to win it, you'd often hear, oh well, the, you know, the carry lad maybe come knees the whole lot come into and they drive you forward, and and that's you know, but that's that winning mentality. That ball is there, and if you're in my way, you know, and so I think certain lads just had that in them, you know, that I certainly didn't think I had it in me. I just played the ball, played it, and you know, if it was good enough, I got on top of me man. If it wasn't, he he came out on top of me, um, you know, but. You know, from even from a city, I, I always felt if a lad was used to come too close before I took a free, and maybe you know, shout, watch the post, or it's gone wide, or something like that, put me under pressure. And I often did it to the opposition. Now, is that cynical? Yeah, yeah. of course it is. But that was because it put me under a bit of pressure, you know. And, and I've often done that. I'd run in, I get the referee to move me back a little bit, and um, just to maybe put a little bit of pressure on the free table. So that's that, that's, cyni- that's yeah, cynical. cynical. That's a bit of I trash talking. Somebody stepped across in front of me, just kick it as hard as I could at them. So oh, you, you try, so you try to get forward. the ten yards. Yeah, you did that on a regular basis. <laughs> but if you miss them, then you could look at it. It could come off your boot. But as you you drive it up his backside right don't yeah. you and that's kind of because he's just walking across I don't know I know that G when under Pillar sure the big battle of Oma you put a lot of thought into how to become a bit more like Tyrone and Armagh didn't you like I mean it was a little bit like that that you and, and it shouldn't really be you shouldn't have to but you did feel that you had to psychologically be doing the same things they were doing yeah like like, like I wouldn't say Mickey Hart ever said to anyone in the Tyrone dressing dressing room to go out and be dirty they had a couple of lads that were probably good at it and just did it naturally it was an eight but I like when we spoke I would say walking across free kicks or slowing play down 
I struggled at it because my mind would be in the game and you have to be very cool on the field when you're in the heat of battle to think of something like that as soon yeah. as the referee blows his whistle for a free. It wasn't something I was particularly good, I was particularly good at. But, but some lads are just so cool on the field. Like if you see, like if you take Philly McMahon or even the likes of Keno Sullivan, they're so calm and collected on the field that that, that they can make those decisions. Jerry Brennan was another one. He'd always make a decision like that. He'd just step across a free and slow the whole thing down. They were brilliant at right. it. And what about blocking runs? Because I think Armagh were the first one I kind of came across where you, you give a ball, you're not getting that one too. You're just be somebody's coming across that. They're maybe walking across your your support run. You ah, know? Yeah, the checking was a huge checking was a yeah. huge scourge in the game. And I think, in fairness, the black card has nearly completely ruled that out at this stage. That yeah, was, like when we talk about the black card, that's probably the one single greatest benefit of those rules coming in was yeah. was cutting out the checking in the game. And so Geezer then, when he came in to manage, he wouldn't have taught you the art of the checking the checking the run, Johnny. I'm, no, I'm amazed by that. Come on, Johnny. He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he brought us into the ring, all right. Um, he gave no, you a much harder edge now than you would have had in the early noughties. Yeah, he would, he would have always said, you know, whatever whatever happened, we stuck together and we didn't step back you from don't anything. Take a and, yeah, and what I think that's fair enough, you know, and we would have had individuals like, you know, you think of like a Brian Flanagan, Daryl Flynn, you know, big physical men that, that wouldn't step back. You but know, then it, uh, Flynn, he definitely yeah. didn't want. He, you know, he, he got he, sent off more than any other player. <laughs> you know, like R- Rowley was a big man, Dermot around. You know, big, big, strong, strong men around the middle, and that you know. So we had some of them individuals in the team. Like there was no point me going into to have a, have a word with Daryl Shea because he'd only laugh at you. You know, because you, you just you just didn't do it. But we had we had lads that were able to do that. And you know, I, I don't ever remember Geezer telling us to. to you know, to, to be cynical or to, but he certainly would have said, you know, you look after yourself and you look after mm-hmm. the lad beside you, and, and uh, you know, you shake hands after the match, regardless of what happens, and but you go out to to to, to win and 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 to do the best you can, and um, if that meant that, you know, you had to meet a lad head on, well, you met him head on, don't shy away from it. Yeah, and, and that's certainly, and we probably did have that edge, but I still think it was it was the individuals we had, collective individuals, probably at that stage, you know, like. That team around 98, 2000 had lots of like Glenn Ryan, Willie McCreary, Martin Lynch, you know, Brian Lacey. They were, you know, they were strong physical men and yeah. they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't shy away from it. But yeah. every county had them. You have you know. to have the players, you're they right. Do. You can't change a player no. that's not used to it or not comfortable with it to be like that. You know, yeah. you, you just put them off their game. Like like Leash would have had it, but, you know, I, I remember looking years ago looking at that, that game Lens with, with Leash and, and uh, Loud that. Broad. Oh Jesus! Yeah, Barney Marley. So these lads were just, you know, they were hard. There was a lot of hardy hooers on that. Yeah, when you see yeah. someone that, it, it, like when you see someone that it doesn't come naturally to doing it, you can see it's not natural. Yeah. You can yeah. see it a mile away, and they're almost embarrassed or they're shy. Yeah, by, yeah, shy but by. They're not comfortable with it. So there is. There's certain guys just have it and are and are comfortable in that zone, and there's other guys that 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 it's just not for them yeah okay right last one lads is uh, Paul Mannion did a piece uh, Paul Flynn was talking about this yesterday he did a piece with Maliki Clerken at the weekend and I was reading it and he's a vegan so he's the first GA player I've come across as a vegan typical south sider Alan you know, like, I mean you wouldn't catch a north sider going down that road like the typical <laughs> typical <laughs> typical but I like I mean it's obviously very difficult to get protein into your diet into your body as a vegan there's some protein in some plants it's unusual for a, a an athlete maybe to go vegan is the first I've heard of really yeah yeah. like it's funny my wife would say to me we'd have a vegetable pasta bake or something and I'd be like it's not a dinner if there's no meat in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And but, I won't uh, change that opinion for anyone. No. Like, I mean, this basically, he's a vegan. Um, it was an interesting interview is because he's obsessed with climate change and he worries about it a lot. And uh, obviously, there's some scientists that think that cows and animals, they, cows especially, when they're digesting their food, they... I think they belch out a gas that's harmful to yeah. the ozone layer. Now there are other, other scientists that don't believe uh, that, which I like I to think, believe. I yeah, like to believe no, those. I, <laughs> I think I think it's fairly clear. Like it's very clear that there is an, an issue there with oh. the, the amount of meat we eat, and we're we're, yeah. we're eating way too much. Is it going to stop me eating my steak? <laughs> Probably not. But I don't get steak every day. It's not like you. Well, let's say. Well, I'm <laughs> looking forward to one tonight. Actually, which means Thursday. I'm a creature of habit every Thursday night. But anyways, we're not going to get into that. But like, I mean, so he wanted to make a change because he was always going on about this climate change and his friends were saying to him stop going on about this what do you actually do to help it and this is why a lot of people are turning vegan is because they want to it's their carbon footprint or whatever now again I wouldn't I wouldn't do it I like to believe the scientists that don't think cows have any bother at all about the, the ozone layer but again like he must have to take protein shakes and then to get the protein because he's a huge man now yeah. and he's done a lot of strength and conditioning and you're at nothing really on a strength and conditioning program now without having some protein kind of boost Alan or else yeah. you're just going to have to eat 20 eggs in the morning you know these kind Look, of Paul's he's obviously a very intelligent fella and it's good to see I read the interview it's good to see something in a fo- in, in a GA interview that's maybe discussing in somebody's personal life or outside of the outside of the football pitch so I found it very interesting um, it's, it's it's like I suppose from a, from a football perspective talking to nutritionists over the years meat was always a huge part of yeah. of a balanced diet so I'm sure he sat down with the nutritionists if he can't eat meat now and they're, uh, they're supplementing it with with, with with some sort of protein-based plants or yeah, you have protein to be, shakes eat, or something. Eat, eat a wheelbarrow full of asparagus yeah. or something. <laughs> doesn't look to be affecting him too much. No, anyway, it does not. To Seems it to be all right. No, definitely. Well, we haven't seen him this year. He started last December, which would have been after the club, right? So it would have been after his unbelievable club form. So he was still on meat then. Yeah. So he's unproven on this vegan diet, lads. Yeah. This is up for debate. Well, you know what's going to happen if he's two bad game, two bad games in a row. With the <laughs> vegan diet will be getting the blame, yeah, getting, getting back on the stakes. <laughs> Come here, one more thing he said that I thought was interesting. He was talking and his development, obviously, he, he, he was being played as a working wing forward, and which he didn't think he was, which he's probably not. He could do a job there if he wanted. But he said uh, he was getting a bit tired of this. He didn't see himself as a wing forward. And I was thinking in my head, reading as like, geez, I wonder who he said it to or whatever. So he said, I said it to Jason Sherlock. No surprises there. So he didn't want to say it. Obviously, I'd say it to Jim Gavin. I know you guys kind of, this is what he said to Joe. He says, I know you guys kind of find me able to play both. That's corner and wing. But I don't feel I'm being considered as an inside forward, which is what I want to be. And he was like, you can do both. You can work hard. That's a big plus. I was just interested to think there'd be no approaching Jim Gavin about that though would there Alan you'd have to go to J.O. who'd be your friend you know friendly and maybe hope he might plant the seed into Jim or like, yeah. how would you go about how would you go with Jim Look, Gavin I think everyone I think everyone in the team is expected to work we've seen we've seen Paul obviously put in some huge tackles but like my thing coming out of that is like who'd want to be an inside forward now like I'd be happy enough playing out in a On half wing, forward yeah. line like if you look at Paul Mannion now if Paul Mannion played as an inside f- forward say when myself and Johnny started because he's absolutely electric Yeah, he'd be 
like he is top class but he'd be like he'd be a superstar if he played corner forward 10 years ago because of the space he would have had um, and he is like I would always seen him as a corner forward he's a good finisher his pace um, and particularly since he's come back from China I, I, like I've always seen him as an inside forward it's, I, was, I was surprised to read that about that he that he was that he had to go to them to say yeah 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 because I because I always would have seen him as an inside forward as opposed to like when I think of working half forward you think the likes of Paul Flynn and you wouldn't kind of equate Paul Flynn and Paul Mannion together as a similar yeah as a similar type of footballer but yeah like I think everyone in that team is expected to do their to do their dirty work whether they're corner forward or half forward or yeah the the he reminds me a little bit of Mickey Linden in that he's an out and out number 13 for yeah. me and he comes in on the left and you know what he's going to do but he's just yeah. so fast yeah. you can't, there's nothing you can do about and it he's, he's unbelievable to get a shot off so quick you know like you think he's, he's definitely going to turn onto his left but like that it's, it's just gone and he's yeah. so accurate he's, 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 he's playing amazing football yeah no he definitely is right that's it so you have to go to J.O. basically that's what interested me about this so like I mean J- I don't know you couldn't go straight to Jim was that like could you say yeah. to Jim Jim I don't see myself as that position or do you think that Jim is going to go hey buddy you're getting too big for your nah, boots nah, there nah, no nah. Jim would have a Jim would have a conversation about it I, think. Well, I don't even remember Paul Lyon and Elwing forward though maybe he did did he ah, he like, did it's hard, to be honest it's hard to tell yeah. in the modern game yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, he half forward a couple of times did he maybe, ah, he did, maybe, he, did. Maybe, he did he was playing half forward for a few years there I, I get it hard to believe and, and I spoke to Jim Gavin once while well, you were so. there actually Alan <laughs> <laughs> But I get it hard to believe for someone that's you know managing managing Dublin with such a successful team that he wouldn't have the man management skills that you could have at that conversation with him. You might you might like what he comes back to you with, but I couldn't see him saying, "Oh, listen, you know, you play where I tell you, or if not, get out of here." Ah, uh, yeah, no, look, I, I just be, I like to build that up about Jim. I'm sure he's yeah, not like I, 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 I wouldn't know. see it. You know, I do most know managers it. will have this honest conversation. If you they want do. honesty, you may accept honesty back. And yeah, that's yeah. where some people yeah. players struggle. Yeah, you know, tell me what I want to hear now, but most managers won't and say, "Look at." Well, haven't you playing you here this is the reason why get used to it yeah, yeah like exactly. I think any management team has kind of different personalities in it, and some guys on the team might know one member of the management team a bit better than the other and you might be a bit more comfortable going like it's not easy to go to a manager Jim, Jim Gavin Stature either or any manager and have a like a frank conversation you might have found it easy <laughs> you know how that ended up in a row anyway. but I think some guys might be just easier going to somebody on the somebody else in the management team one of the selectors rather than going straight yeah, in a, yeah. You, put the fee, you put I'd the feelers out the feel, yeah I'd yeah. say that's all it's in alright ok we'll come back and we'll do Paddy Power predictions as a policeman at Garda Shikana down, down the store street and I'm coming back out and there's a cohort of loyal Tyrone fans still up in the stand as you come back out and they're roaring at me hey Coffrey you free state bastard and next thing I hear you have no fucking jurisdiction up here <laughs> All right, lads. Paddy Power predictions. We'll have to fly through these because you were in great talking form in the in in part one. First up is Wicklow, Kildare, Johnny. It's a good place to start with you. You're riddled with injuries. Owen Doyle, Paul Cribb, and Kevin Flynn um, in bother. Cottle McNally, Ben McCormack are back, but I don't know how much um, uh, the game might come too soon for them. Then you have Jimmy Highland, Kevin O'Callaghan, Fionn Dowling, Chris Healy, who are doubtful. <laughs> like I mean, and then you have obviously Daniel Flynn, who uh, didn't commit. You have Niall Kelly just back, who might not be long enough as well. It's very, it's upheaval. Like I mean, it must be very frustrating as a Kildare supporter 
to see how close you could potentially be. You're, I think you're a super eight team with everybody there easily. But you, it's hard to build on last year when you've lost so many players through injury and commit or like travel or whatever. Yeah, and and like you mentioned Daniel Flynn and you mentioned Niall Kelly, they're not just players; they're big players. For yeah, the player, you know, you know, Paul Cribben has been a big player in the past. Um, you know, so there, that's that's big. Um, there's talks of Owen Doyle you know, he went off against uh, Ross Common in the challenge match. He didn't play for Nace in the in the championship. I hear he might be okay. I'm not so right. sure. So he'd be a big a big plus. Um, again, Jimmy Highland didn't play didn't play for Baltic, struggling with a little bit of a groin injury. But again, you'd be hopeful he might he might make um, make it. Ben McCormick's only back again. Came on for Sarsfields in the club championship, but again hasn't had much. Injured himself against Mead in the third game, I think, and hasn't played since. So, you know, it's not great form to be coming into into a championship. Um, in saying all that. Um, I expect us to be too, too good for Wicklow. Yeah. Um, I just think where, where we're at and where Wicklow are at is, is just the gap is too big. Um, but it, it is frustrating. Like every every team you want your best team, and, and there's always going to be injured. But when you read out a list like that, it's, it's unreal. It, it is. It's, un- it's too much. Yeah. And like, what's the perception of Keane O'Neill? Or like people in Kildare saying, look, he's doing his best with the hand he's been dealt. When we have a full team, we're able to you know compete with the best. It's just he doesn't have it. You like, are they patient with him? The way there is, there's there's both sides of the coin. There's patience, and then they're saying, well, look, at he's here four years. Have we, uh, you know, have we improved? Have we, you know, where where exactly are we? You know, we were an up and down league. Ended up going into the last game against Donegal with something to, to play for. If we won that, we got I think eleven points. We were well beaten on the day, um, so and you know supporters in, uh, like in any county, you win a match against the odds, you're great. You lose a match, you're no good. And so perception is it's you know Keane is in his fourth year. We'd want to be at least making the a good run to a, to a, a Dublin team in a, in a Leinster semi final. And a good run into the Super Eights, or else maybe look at, you know, four years is that enough? That I think that's sort of where where it is at the moment. Yeah, it's um, cutthroat. There's no oh, balance. There's no balance with supporters, no. is there, Alan? Like, I mean, you're either even though there's a big injury list, people aren't thinking about that. They're like, we have to do well against Dublin, and like with that injury list, you're at you're at nothing going out with against Dublin in a semi final, mm. and then people go, well, we've gone backwards from two years ago instead of going, well, hang on. We've been decimated but with injuries. We're not playing with a full hand. Yeah. Like it's funny at this time of year coming into a the first round of the championship to have so many injuries. Like it's it's however long it is since the end of the league, like why haven't they been been kind of getting better over the last few weeks with a view to coming into this game? Maybe they maybe they are, hopefully they are. But I think with that game that game, like we close smell a bit of blood like with 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 the amount of guys missing, but as Johnny said in saying that, like if you're picking a winner you'd have to go to kill you'd have to go with Kildare. Yeah. Um, did you did you talk very, did, did you talk very much about you know in in county squads when you get five or six injuries suddenly you have a team meeting about why you're having them and yeah, you, and absolutely. then everything's di- dissected then is our warm up right are we going you know there, I remember with, especially with Miko Miko used to take if you were injured very personally because he told yeah. us not to stretch so he took it that that you're almost insulting his not stretching policy by getting injured but yeah. like it was obviously directed we still he didn't mind you stretching yourself but he didn't do it as a group so if you got injured then he took this as a slight but it was more around Aleem Kern's time if, if there was injuries everything would be dissected as why is this happening you know and players would be talking about what you know what might be the reason for it and you can just be unlucky 
Yeah, I know. Of course, you can be unlucky and injuries are part of the game, but I think it's like it's part of a it's part of a manager's job or a management team's job now to make sure they're liaising very closely with their with their physios and with their medical team to make sure they're they're getting their players back at the right time. Like and like for me, that that just seems coming into a first round of the championship. That's just too many guys injured for for maybe they did a hard bank of training and picked up I don't know but it's, yeah it's I'm not so I'm I'm not sure what what they did because they were like they played all the league games for their clubs in 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 April mm-hmm. um you know they'd still train with the county and then you had around the club championships in two weeks ago last weekend was for any team that didn't have a, a county representative and then the weekend before was so. Yeah, the fairness to Kildare this April month, like it's like it's very close to the 11th of May, the first round yeah, of the championship. Yeah. Like it's grand for Dublin to take April off and they have four weeks leading into it, leading into their game. But if you've if you're coming back and you've two weeks and lads are training with their county playing league games, yeah. Kildare do too, too much, much in April, I yeah, think, don't they? Much, and they play their championship games too late in April. Yes, yeah. Well, you, and you see, you have like if you look at the run up, so you'd would say they play for the clubs. Regardless, and it has been always the way after a club championship game, you're always going to get a few. That's the choosing yeah. night road off anyway. Then you've you've the Thursday, you've the weekend, and then the week of the match, so you're only you're only keeping sharp. So you've lost you've lost that two weeks really. That's yeah, too much. You know, yeah. it's it's. I think it's way too much. Yeah, you know? yeah. no, no, it definitely is. So we'll all go for Kildare there. I think that's an obvious one. Next one then is Mead and Offaly lads. Um, little sm- little funny side shot to this is John Mohan versus. Uh, versus Mead which uh, obviously 96-97 he doesn't have good memories he was talking about his relationship with uh, Sean Boylan this is just an aside um, he said Sean had the uncanny knack of portraying a lovely warm image and you'd mistakenly assumed that he was like that on the field as well as off it but I'm sure he wouldn't have had the success had he had he not been ruthless and totally committed to getting the best out of his teams that just made me laugh about Sean Boylan like he's the warmest nicest yeah. fella and you know completely not like that that's not the same teams reflect their manager yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, no, Sean was obviously cheese, different yeah. inside in the dressing room as he was kind of outside it with a go for Mead here obviously lads like I mean you're talking Division 1 now versus Division 3 in fairness I think it'll be closer than like any sort of cakewalk I'm still not 100% convinced of Mead I know they're improving I still think they're a little bit off Kildare when it comes to full full teams being out but they've definitely made a lot of improvements like Newman at full forward has given them a new dynamic in the league final give lovely long ball in there and seem to have a running game and a kicking game which obviously in, in the game now without a bit of variety Johnny you're at nothing and we know Offaly will go out according to John Mohan and they just play a traditional brand of football there'll be no huge defensive kind of tactics so I think this could be one of the games of the weekend and I think it'll be more competitive than some people think Yeah I, I, I like what Andy McAdee is, is doing in Mead he, he's, he's brought I suppose he, he's, he looks to be anyway trying to you know there's a little vision of, of the McEntees are back and Jerry and the old Mead there's going to be a toughness here and you know he really seems to have got the county behind him and just looking on, on Twitter and says you know they're inviting all the kids to bring a ball to the matches and all of a sudden we're all in this together and it, this is Mead and you know and, and it's certainly there, there's a bit of power in that we, we talked earlier about the, the you know getting crowds at matches and you know they're back in division in division one for the first so there's the, definitely the graph is, is going in the right direction mm-hmm. for them I think they'll have they'll have too much for Offaly at the weekend, um, but it's one you know after a, a successful league campaign you can get caught on it thinking you know because he's a lot of young lads in there and thinking oh this is a formality and going into a Leinster Championship game you know bar your your um, your Kerry maybe or, or Dublin or one of the big things formalities you have to go and do the business and. 
that's the only thing I'd say going into but I still expect me to win it yeah the, the danger for me is that they hit the league maybe this year like championship games and then what other level do you have to go to and you can get caught Johnny's right in that regard if you're banging on the dressing room I don't know what they're doing in the restroom or like how, but they definitely targeted the league, wanted to get out of it because they've been stuck too long. When the league finishes, really, there has to be another level that you go to, Alan, isn't there? Yeah, no, and I think, I think in fairness, Andy McAnally, like he took Bally Bowden a few years ago, took him to to the All Ireland final. They're definitely on an upward curve with him. They probably had a difficult year last year, but I think, as you said, he's had had a year and a half at it now and and he's starting to put a stamp on it, and they're definitely on an upward curve. I I expect him to have way too much for Offaly, to be honest with you. Right. Like if if I was to pick a contender that might challenge Dublin in the game in Crow Park, I think for me it's me that had a clear Ah, look, that's the old tradition coming out. Well, in but you the there. That's, that's ninety one all <laughs> over again. Well, I think Johnny's right. I think he is. He yeah. is starting to build something. He's well, he putting his a, own stamp I'm, on it. There's a harder edge to him than mm, we've seen. In, yeah. in, and they've a new coach years. in this year. He's handed over the football coach, and I can't think. Colin Nally. Colin Nally. That's Nally. it. Yeah. So he's, he's really good coach. He's know? taken over this year, and a lot of people are putting the credit down to that because Andy had three years with them, and he, to be honest, they weren't improving. Yeah. Like if anything, last year they were gone way backwards, losing to Longford, and oh, did a good game against Tyrone at home. Second year to start, or maybe it's the third year. This, this first two years, yeah, two yeah, years yeah. didn't seem to be improving an awful lot. Yeah, well, I suppose it definitely takes a manager a year because you know you can have perceptions of different players from the outside. When you go in and work with them, and, and you think, okay, I have this lad, and the next thing, or Jenny, you know, he's not the player maybe I thought he was, and, and that takes. So it's it's you know it takes a manager definitely a year year and a half to find out you know you know you talk about this who's going to be still there when the when the really tough tough. Uh, football comes and it takes you away but I, I certainly think Mead you know the, 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 some of their if they sat down to start the year to get to Division 1 would have been a massive yeah. thing for them and they're they're on the opposite side to Dublin and Kildare and Leinster final you know they're thinking get Dublin you know let's worry about that but that's a realistic goal We're back in and all of a sudden the, the whole swell of Mead it's Dublin Mead yeah. you know I'd say that's a little bit in the back of their mind it is, as well. and look they're going very well at underage too they're the one in the long term Dublin might need to be looking over their shoulder at although they're going well at underage as well but Mead have good minor teams now and they've started from the bottom and they're trying to get it back uh, back right as well so like I mean long term we might have a Leinster Championship just as we're about to abandon it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, Ulster Championship, lads, Tyrone Derry. This is BBC deferred game. Um, it's on at four o'clock, but we'll be able to see this because obviously we don't see any football for the first while. It's all Munster hurling, which I don't have a problem with. I don't know if you have a problem with that. Do you like to sit down and watch Munster hurling? Yeah, I love it. I, I do, I watch yeah. it, yeah. But yeah, we but are I the correlation during May. Like, I mean, it's there's no promotion for Gaelic football at all. So at least BBC have come to the rescue and they're showing... Yeah, it'd be nice show- to be able to watch both. Yeah, would you? Like, yeah, but it's not ask for a huge amount. Of well, watching. you can because they're both on a four, Johnny. So <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to flick yeah. between two channels, Tyrone, like Tyrone Derry lads, we're looking again. Tyrone obviously changed their style this year. They're one of the teams that people think could potentially beat Dublin. Um, they've obviously performed well against them in the league before and not being able to do it in the championship. So that's completely, you know, hypothetical. But they've definitely shown another side of their game, variety. Um, McShane, outstanding pair of hands, almost Donaghy-esque with bombs, like not even brilliant diagonal balls, sometimes he's able to catch them. So they have a a new dynamic, which for me makes them hugely exciting coming into the championship. They'll have too much for Derry. Um, It's at home. They always seem to beat Derry, well, since 06. So I'd be fancying Tyrone strongly here. Yeah, I'd be the same. I think think so too. I suppose it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously that long ball to the full forward line, you know, now there's no offensive mark. Um, you know, would that change the yeah. dynamics? I talked with Mickey Hart recently, and he thinks not. 
he thinks yeah. it should you should still be able to because some of the balls going in I think it was their last goal against Galway wasn't caught clean but caused enough problems you know what I mean yeah. he thinks not I still think that it's a free shot with the mark and they are a yeah. conservative team I still think it might cause a little bit of a problem I, with yeah, them yeah I, I think I think it, it changes the, the, the mindset of the player delivering the ball more so than the inside man I think you know if you're putting it in there there's a chance of a mark and as you said when, when you have someone in there that's that's you know it's going to feel him um, it does it certainly does I, I just wonder will they, will they use that that style as much as they did in the league which is effective no, maybe they will but it'll be interesting to see yeah, it's I probably harder it's probably harder play that style of game in maybe a tighter ground up the north as well I think where it worked best for them was obviously against Dublin in the wide in the wide space of Crow Park and I'd expect to see lots of it once they get back to Crow Park but I think you know yourself in the Ulster Championship like those games always take on a life of their own and it never comes easy like Tyrone will win but, but, but it'll be yeah it worked against make it, difficult it worked against Dublin because Dublin are one of the more offensive teams but it actually worked against Galway as well funnily enough because Galway's tactics are to bring everybody back and almost line them up along the 45 so there's actually a space to space hit over these yeah. you know what I mean they're not too deep they're waiting around to turn you over there so like I mean I don't know I just like the idea of getting the few in there you know what I mean get yeah, it in well, there and well, and, it, and even if it's not one it's, it's, it's yeah, all breaks, of a sudden yeah. it's, it's breaking and, Break. and then you see defensively because we've gone so far away from that long ball in you know full backs probably are not this is nearly alien to them now yeah. you know you're not set up maybe to defend that sort of a, an aerial threat so it, it, I, I'd be like you sometimes you just have to put boot the ball and yeah. you know take a chance yeah. get it in there yeah. that definitely seems to work and tip or so we'll all go to Tyrone there to be fair all these predictions as they're pretty easy this week because like I mean they all look like fairly one-sided games Tipperary Limerick Tipperary haven't improved really at all like I mean but they're a bit like Kildare they've a whole, had a whole load of injuries they can't get everybody together like I mean but Liam Kern says he's got a 100% squad now Josh Keane is back Quinn Levin was back towards the end of the league Shane O'Connell Gavin Whelan Robbie Kiley's back from travelling and Bill Maher who I think is an outstanding uh, exciting wing back that's some list of players who you're not see again you always kind of geez Liam Kearns is, isn't improving them and then you read the injury list and go like it's it, you, it's not fair. It's not really yeah. fair with a squad that Kildare and Tip cannot miss five, six of your starting team. No, and there's very few squads can. You know, the, 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 I, I, I certainly think that you know when you it's only when you list those names that you know you, you see the level that because they're, they're nearly household names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so that's the level they've come they've come to. And I suppose his where where is the next level for 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 Tipperary? But certainly if they can get those guys, you know the Quinlevans. The, Conor Sweeney all these guys Bill Marder, like all these guys back on the field is is a massive plus for them yeah know? yeah. there's no doubt so we all go we'll all go Tipperary there lads obviously Limerick aren't um, aren't going brilliantly Clare Waterford won't spend too much time there we know Clare a very good team they're at home to Waterford which you think would be one side as well Roscommon Leitrim is an interesting one Alan because you tipped Leitrim for this one in the Evening Herald which are uh, outstanding columnists cover, by the way <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was looking for. Um, I was looking for an early season ambush. Um, and like we spoke about the start of the championship, it wasn't too many jumping out, not jumping out at me. But I think look, Leitrim after their, after their, um, after a good national league, I think obviously confidence be high. They have a bit of momentum behind them, and they'll see that game as right. Let's here's a chance where we could actually take down one of the top teams are yeah Dr Hyde turned me off that yeah the fact yeah. it's home for us Cameron probably is yeah, uh, yeah. if it's on Carrick you'd be given some bit of a some and, bit of a chance and Leitrim have a really really top class forward in Ryan O'Rourke yeah he's, he's a really good guy uh, 
classy finisher um, and you know to win anything you, you need you need top yeah, you need top forward, yeah. yeah. And, and he is good I, I still think Ross Common will but you know if you were looking for an upset you'd be thinking that would be the yeah. one I'm going for Leach I'm going for Leach I was thinking well, I'm going for Ross Common <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking if there was an upset it could be awfully lads I don't know like, um, I actually tipped Mead for relegation I'm, I, I don't know and they impressed me in the league final in the first half they're outstanding now I don't think Offaly will beat them but I think if you were going to look for a close one of the games to be close it might be that Leitrim I was wondering the, the handicap here is 7 according to Paddy Power Ross Common beat them by 14 last year now like I mean Leitrim have improved no end this year yeah. and we don't Roscommon had a, had a decent league but you can't really base it off of league either have Leitrim improved enough to have that you know and you like even turn around 14 it's, it's probably doubtful for me especially in Dr Hyde Park which is um, obviously, Ross Common would be would be fairly strong yeah, there. But and they've a decent, they've a very a decent manager in Terry Highland, yeah. who's, who's has a lot of experience and, and a good track record. He, he has, yeah. yeah. And and I, again, it goes back to that belief. And you know, he he can he's someone that would probably in, instill that belief in in them or give them a little bit of belief. And I think that can that can add a, a lot of weight to a, to a team. Yeah. Okay. So we, me and Johnny go Ross Common. Alan's going Leitrim. Um, there we will go. Paul, or yeah. So Wexford Loud. This is the last. Last one, lads. Um, Wexford have a hundred percent injury um, positive report, so they're they've no they've nobody injured. They, the interesting thing about this game, lads, is that Colin Kelly is coaching Wexford, so he obviously managed Loud mm. and finished. He got them promoted two years in a row, but I think he got the he left them then after two years, and he try he put his name in the hat for the Loud under twenty ones this year and didn't get it. Hope I have that one right again. So after that, then he lands onto the Wexford coaching team who play his own county loud in the first round yeah. of the championship. So that adds a bit of spice to that. This is the one which I fancy loud, but obviously this is one where you'd be going. At least there's a, at least there's more of a conversation about who. who yeah, I think this. Colin's obviously a proud loud man. I know him, and that's that's probably going to be a difficult game for him personally to. Uh, well, I don't know. I think his nose is out of joint county. with these under twenty ones. Yeah, I'm not sure it works like that though. Really, when you when you come back to play your own county, but he. Um, Look, probably neither county is, is 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 probably going particularly well at the moment. But I suppose if you were to pick one, I'd probably side with Loud as well. I think Wexford have have probably regressed over the last over the last four or five years, and it's, it might end up being a difficult day. Yeah. So with the under twenty ones, he was nominated. A club nominated him to manage the under twenty ones this year, but the county board didn't even contact him to see who was interested. That is out of order. Well it's out of order. He yeah. did well with Loud. Now yeah. the championship, they didn't perform as well as they can but he got them he won Division 4 and Division 3 got them into Division 2 and then they mm. went down the following year under Pete and you would McGrath. imagine guys of his calibre like certainly with his playing pedigree and he'd done a decent job as manager they wouldn't be they wouldn't be falling out of the sky and Loud no, I wouldn't no. think so to no. push a guy away like that seems like a very uh, a very strange decision for me but so sometimes you don't know the internal politics yeah, of exactly yeah, what's going on you just don't know what maybe what level. legacy was there or what we had finished the last regime you know yeah. you well, just, that's it, you just yeah. don't know yeah we don't know so who are we going for this one lads Loud I suppose I'm going to go Loud yeah yeah I think so I think I think Wexford uh, and I know Paul McLaughlin soldier for Galair for years yeah. uh, is managing them and um, you know he's done a lot of good work but I, I think their league has been very very yeah. um, poor and ah, they don't have struggling. anyone anymore do they they're no, not they're not they've, nah, they've, like, they've, they've, they've no they've no 
Kieran Ling or Red Barry or these boys, you know. Yeah, that's um, it. I think it's going to be a, too much of an ask for them. It'll be difficult. It definitely, it's like Paul McLaughlin trying to get some experience. Wexford, probably a difficult county to go and yeah. kind of improve anything with. So we'll all go for loud with that. Right, lads, that's it. Um, looking forward to the championship even though it's not blowing us away this weekend and to be fair after us going through all those results could you compete with Munster Hurling with that list of fixtures <laughs> <laughs> alright great stuff lads thanks very much for coming in we will talk to you again um, up next we'll talk to Joe from Paddy Power Joe, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. So we have a very special accumulator uh, this year's show. So I'm going to pick it. Um, you're going to give all my winnings, which is there's going to be winnings, right? Let's hope oh, absolutely. so. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So you're going to give the winnings to the Samaritans. So it's a 50 euro accumulator every year, every week. Yeah, so a fair play to first sticking your neck out first of all and putting these up because they're going to be on site and people can go <laughs> on and see them and click on your GAA or accumulator. But yeah, so across hurling and football each show or, or each week there'll be a 50 euro accumulator on the hurling and a 50 euro accumulator on the football. And any of those that click or come in will donate all the money to the Samaritans. So we'll keep the, we'll keep the total rolling through okay, the year. So I'm looking at five figures, hopefully, <laughs> Colin, anyway, we'll see. So during the league, my record hasn't been great and now this is actually going to be put down in writing so there's no running away from this so right my accumulator this week is Kildare minus 9 Tyrone minus 7 Roscommon minus 7 and a loud win and Paddy Power price on that is 11 to 1 but what are you giving me for the GR accumulator? Yeah well to, to kick you off there with your accumulator for the year we're going to boost it up to 14 to 1 so there's a bit of, bit of extra value for, for the Samaritans hopefully and for anyone else who wants to get on uh, get on your choices there Yeah okay brilliant stuff so right Saturday's games right Saturday's games are all 1 to 25 Clare 1 to 25 to beat Waterford Tipper 1 to 25 to beat Limerick Kildare 1 to 25 to beat uh, Wicklow so there's not too much to talk about in these games like we were mentioning in Paddy Power Predictions but at the same time you have one bet which might interest people yeah, that's something we, we talk about here so often, particularly in the more one-sided games where there's not really much to be to be picked out in particular. But uh, the the score first, lead at half time, and win in seventy minutes with all games priced the same. Again, that's four to seven. So for Clare to score first, lead at half time, and win in seventy minutes, four to seven. Same for Tip and same for Kildare. So might be one of the, the few bets that's kind of worth looking at in those games. Yeah, no, definitely is. So Sunday then we have Mead. Mead are one to fourteen. Offaly are fifteen to two. So what I'm interested in here is the is the handicap of seven points because I thought Offaly might go to Park Talton and give a very good account of themselves so I'm interested I think Offaly might potentially um, beat that handicap Yeah absolutely I, I, I fancy it myself to be honest with you I mean they didn't have the greatest league campaign in the world but they get a nice boost at the end of the season just about keeping their Division 3 status yeah. with John Mohan on the reins I'm sure he'll have them raring to go for Championship they've some they've some good footballers in the team and I mean all the pressure's on Mead Mead have to deliver there after getting promoted etc etc so I, I think Offaly can go in there and at least keep it competitive anyway Yeah and, exactly uh, at 7 points it gives them a, gives them a good chance and Niall McNamee came back at the end of the league and actually they threw away a huge lead against Westmead at home they scored an OG against Loud at home yeah. to lose by a point like John Mohan was talking after the league that they could easily they threw away five points which would have had them in the promotion hunt rather and if they'd been in the promotion hunt the handicap wouldn't be seven you know so like yeah, I mean Division 3 tends to be like that anyway it's real swings and roundabouts in the last few minutes of games but I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do this weekend a bit of awfully blood in me as well so I'll definitely be, definitely be cheering for the faithful OK right so Wexford and Loud we're, this was the one we were talking that was the, the closest and the hardest hardest to the hardest to call and the odds and the handicap have reflected that 
Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously Wexford had a, have had a very disappointing campaign so far. I mean, there's no relegation from Division 4, so maybe they sort of threw their hat at it after a couple of games. But um, you'd have to think loud of all the form coming into the game. But looking back on last year, Wexford had leashed down in uh, in Wexford Park and they had them bet off the pitch at, at half-time and they somehow managed to not win the game and Leash obviously showed throughout the rest of the year that they, they weren't as bad as that first half showing. But I think one bet to maybe look out for on that basis is that Wexford to be ahead at half-time and allowed to win a full-time was 4-1. to one. So with Loud being... 8-15 to 15 to win the match on its own that could give you give you a bit more of a boost Yeah good value in that Right Tyrone are 1-10 to 10 to beat Derry Handicap is 7 which is low enough if you're looking at an All-Ireland contender versus a Division 4 team which if you take the romance out of Tyrone Derry that's the reality of what it, what it is Yeah definitely I, I, I think Tyrone look an absolute certainty to, uh, at evens to, to break that minus 7 handicap I mean unless there's actually torrential downpours or Derry play 14 men behind the ball I'm not really sure how, how Tyrone can't beat them by a bit more than that but yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see I suppose Derry haven't really shown up in Ulster Championship football for a long time so we'll, we'll see how they're going on this weekend Yeah cause Der- and Derry aren't really playing that style so that 7 handicap definitely looks like um, a good one Alan Brogan fancied Leitrim he needed one uh, rabbit out of a hat and he pulled Leitrim out rather than any of the others even though it is ha- hard to find an upset um, this weekend Leitrim are 13 to 2 Roscommon 1 to 10 handicap 7 here as well I'm I'm obviously from judging my accumulator fancy Roscommon to beat it yeah I mean, this game could go one of two ways really probably, either Roscommon probably absolutely hose them or Leitrim are going to put up the fight of their lives and then maybe they get something out of the game it'll be interesting to see how, what sort of a what sort of a boost they get from their Division 4 campaign and getting promoted obviously there's, they're, the, they're the Carlo of 2019 so um, I think they, they give Roscommon a right good rattle having said that it's a Division one team against a division well now three team that there shouldn't be any real problems for us common but I think Leitrim could put up to them and just one one thing to note that I saw earlier on is that a draw at half time Ross Common to win a full time is ten to one. And I think if as Alan Brogan obviously fancy Leitrim to really give him a good go, they, they could be tied at half time and they might see Ross Common coming through later on. You'd imagine that's the way it's going to pan out alright. So okay so there's some Paddy Power um specials here. Yeah, there's some power prices now ahead of the weekend, because um, obviously there's not great kind of uh, markets in in a lot of those games being so one sided. But it's 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 very kind of unexciting, really, when it comes. They're all very like we're trying to find a, a potential surprise, and there really isn't. It maybe is there just an accumulator of all the favourites. Like I mean, is well, that this is it? Yeah, we've we've price boosted a few bits here in our power prices. So um, the first one up there is Clare, Tip, and Kildare all to win by more than ten points. This weekend that was four to one. That's just been pushed out a little bit to five to one. So if you fancy those three to win handily, um, you might be interested in that one. The other, the next one in is Tyrone, Roscommon, and Mead all to win by more than eight points. That was thirteen to two, and that's pushed out to seven to one. And finally, then any of Offaly, Leitrim, or Derry to win in seventy minutes was thirteen to eight. Is now eleven to four. So if you if you like backing the underdogs, you don't even have to pick one of them. Like you were saying, you you fancy someone to to fall on a banana skin this weekend. So you can you can chance any of the outsiders there with Offaly. Leitrim or Derry to win their games in normal time at 11-4 Okay listen great stuff Joe thanks very much for that Cheers Alright we'll be back on Monday and we'll review all the weekend's action we know Derry and Tyrone are on TV deferred on BBC so I'm sure we'll focus on that one the most Talk to you then Good luck I'm not finished yet it took me a long time to get here Both parents have, have spoken with each other and uh and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. 
For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.